time to slam now. We got the real jam going down. Welcome to the Space Jam. Here's your chance. Do your dance at the Space Jam. All right. Welcome back to a real Bucks Talk podcast. This is Michael Plus, and it's good to be back. Uh, my co-host Mark Ramirez is in Egypt, so he's having a fun time. Uh, but tonight we have a great show. We got um, my my good friend James Hill from Bucks Nation joining me tonight. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, talk about this wild, you know, free agency and Bucks fans going nuts and. A lot of overreaction, and you know, fans are not happy with what the team's doing. But you know, they are they are playing it smart, in, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun to talk about. They made some moves, and you know, there's a long way to go in the off season. There is still plenty of time to configure this roster. So, I would just encourage everyone to just take a deep breath. You know, breathe in, breathe out. You know, everything's going to be okay. Um, but with that being said, let's get uh, my man James on here. Um, give him a call. Here we go. Hello. Hey James. Hey man. Welcome. Hey, hey, welcome to the show, man. I'm so happy to have you back on. Of course, I'm happy to be back on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, so, how's everything going? How are you doing with all this this Bucks uh, madness going on? With uh, just fans, you know, panicking everywhere uh, because they're not getting the players that they want. I uh, I get messages daily <laughs> talking about talking about the the team not doing enough, and you know that's fine. I do understand some people's frustrations. Um, but I'm, I'm fine with everything that the Bucks have done so far. You know, I like a lot of the moves that they've made. Mm. Uh, it definitely has been a, a frenzy, so to speak. Uh, and I do understand some people, you know, it's hard not to be jealous of all the other, uh, you know, players getting signed around the league and whatnot, but, um, you know, just got to trust things so far, you know, and things have been good. So it's been, it's been fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, same here. I mean, you know the Bucks. They have they have a process that they're following right now. They're um, putting in their own game plan of who they want to bring in and how they want to build this roster. So, you know, we could give our opinions, but at at the end of the day, they're going to do what they want to do. And I think that's that's tough for some fans out there. They just think, oh, you guys need to do this, do that. But it's just not that simple. You know, there's a lot of things that go into it. 
it's a it's a two way street. So, you know, free agents have to want to come here, and you know, that's the same thing. You know, like a Tevin Coleman yesterday. Oh, we should have got him or this and that. But you know what? He probably wanted to go to San Fran. I mean, that's a place where he could be comfortable and. You know, that's what I try to, you know, tell fans. I'm like, just breathe. You know, there's a long way to go. Uh, you know, the roster's not finalized till September. Right, absolutely. We still have many months before things are official uh, in any regard. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's let's talk a little bit about the moves that they have made. I mean, um, let's see, where do we want to start? Uh, I mean, what's your what's your opinion on, I don't know if I've asked you this on Twitter or whatever, but... What's your opinion on the Donovan Smith move? I think it was I think it was pretty much obvious that they had to do that. Yeah, um you know, I'm very cautious about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think I will keep that mentality for a long time because <laughs> you know, I've, I've seen people say that the Trent Brown signing everybody's been everybody's been bashing the Donovan Smith signing well like what happened with Trent Brown. Mm-hmm. Because Trent, because Trent Brown got a bigger contract does not automatically make Donovan Smith a better tackle. Right. Um, the fact of the matter is that Donovan Smith still has a lot he needs to work on, and he's making around four, almost fourteen million dollars a year. That's a fact, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I said this um, in a YouTube video of mine, and and, uh, and I think it'll stand for probably until he gets another contract is the the microscope that is going to be on Donovan Smith now and the pressure that's going to be on him from certain pockets of the fan base is going to be very intense. Mm-hmm. Um, if he does not perform up to the, the levels of the contract that he's given, which is essentially, you know, a top 10, maybe even top five left tackle contract, if he doesn't plan for those standards, he's going to get a lot of criticism. I feel justifiable in some ways, you know, because now the organization has given you the green light by saying, you know, you're our guy. You're going to be our franchise left tackle for the next three, you know, three years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel that he really, really needs to step up. Um and I do trust a guy like Charlie Goodwin to really take this offensive line under his his uh, wing and really train them up well and develop them develop them well better than the previous coaching staff. So I am very cautious, but I do have some optimism that Donovan Smith can make the the improvements that he needs to make here in the coming season. Yeah, for sure. I, I think, you know, I look at it this way. I think he just, he needs another opportunity with new coaches. And I think the coaching staff that they're bringing in, um, I think could push him to that next level. I don't think there was really any, you know, accountability for what he was doing. And I think they're going to bring that and really put a, you know, a fire under his ass and really see what, you know, see what he's made of. I think the tools are there. We've seen the flashes, you know, it's kind of the same thing with like a Jameis Winston. I mean, we've seen the flashes now. It's just about getting that, you know, overall consistency. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I think it's, you know, got to stay a little cautious, but at the same time, you know, I think he was the best option as it stands right now. Um, but with that being said, let's, let's move into some other things. I mean, obviously let's talk, you know, the free agents that they brought in. I think, uh, 
Day Dayon Dayon Buchanan. I'll make sure I get that yeah. right. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I I like it. I like the addition of Brashad Perriman. I think the punter. I think that was a good move actually because he can do kickoffs. Gives you a little more flexibility. Um, and then I'm forgetting one guy. Oh, okay. They yeah they made a couple of re-signings. I like the Kevin Mentor being uh, brought back. Um, so I think all those are are solid moves. I mean, what do, what do you think of it? Um, I, again, I, like I was saying earlier, I've really been really, really happy with things that have been going so far for the free agency period. Mm. Coming into this, we all knew the Bucks didn't have a lot of money. A lot of the hope that they would make some very drastic moves to clear up some cap space. But at the end of the day, a lot of the moves that the Bucks could have made to clear up a lot of cap space, um, might have been a little bit too risky, mm. you know. Uh, getting rid of a guy like Sheldon McCoy, getting rid of a guy like Jason Pierre-Paul that some people thought. Right. Um, you know, a lot of the moves that the Bucks could have potentially made to free up the cap space was risky. So I kind of like what they're doing right now is kind of cutting certain cap space, cutting some certain players as they go along, signing more players. Right. They've been linked to a few more players, which I like a lot. Uh you know, guys like, uh, obviously, Marcus Fulton, they had some level of interest in. He now signed with the New York Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, they they are believed to be one of the more favorites to sign a guy like Isaiah Crowell. Mm-hmm. They could be in on a Duke Johnson trade with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they're linked to both Matt Bryant and Mike Glennon. So, like, to say that this hasn't been an active free agency for the Buccaneers so far, I think, is a little bit incorrect. Um They've re- they've brought back a lot of really good either role players or fringe starters, mm-hmm. and they've also gone out and made some really decent uh, signings as well. You know, they've been getting cheaper, uh, you know, younger options at a lot of the positions that they were lacking certain depth in, and I think that that's really good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. I, I I like what they're doing. Again, like you said, they're being smart with it. They're, you know, you could cut all those guys that that you mentioned, but then again, you're creating more holes in your team. So, you know, it's important that, you know, we're building to this roster and really making it a more complete, you know, roster. And I think that's what they're trying to do. Um, and now we just wait and see. And I think they're going to really try to play the market. And I think that's when you'll see, like, you know, maybe a corner addition or maybe a safety. Uh, you know, you look at the offensive line, maybe that's what they're waiting on just to, to really get some good value in there. And then, you know, once you get to the draft, you really have no obvious holes on your roster. And I think that's what they're, that's what every team is trying to do. So you're not really pigeonholed, um, into the draft. And, um, you know, with that said, what do you think of this, all this Devin White talk, you know, personally, I'm not a fan of it. I don't think we should take a guy like that at five overall, you know, especially when I think the linebacker core is really not that bad when you look at it. I think you have guys in place um, that can be productive. And, you know, when you look at Devin White, his inconsistencies on tape, I just think there's going to be better players available. I mean, what do you, what do you think of that? It's, it's so interesting. Um, I like Devin White as a player. I think he's good. If there was a situation where you trade down and you select Devin White, I'm all for that. Um, I, 
it all depends on who is there at number five. Right. Um, and with the current situation being what it is at this for this quarterback class, Tyler Murray is pretty much a lock to go into the top four. And if Dwayne Haskins goes into the top four as well, the Buccaneers are in a phenomenal position to get a guy like Quinnen Williams if, right. if he were to be there or another one of these uh, – phenomenal edge rushers or interior defensive linemen that are out there um, at the top of this draft. So I feel if one of those players is there, that's really, really hard to pass up on. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, don't, I don't think you should pass up on one of those players in that instance. And I feel that a lot of Bucks fans feel that way. I do know there is a, a large amount of Bucks fans that really love Devin White as well. Um but, you know, I would rather have a scenario, if we were to get Devin White, I would rather see it as a trade down, possibly. And there's also been talk that Devin White might not even be there at pick number five, uh, considering the Oakland Raiders might draft him at pick number four. So, I mean, there's not even a 100% chance that Devin White could be there for the Bucks pick. So, it's pretty up in the air. Um, there's a lot of different ways to take it. Um, you know, it's just, if, there isn't a, if there isn't a defensive lineman out available that I feel would be a better pick than I'd be okay with Devin White at five. If we also had the option to trade down with the still the chance to get Devin White, I'd be okay with that as well. It just depends on the situation. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. I just I just find it funny, like, you know, Quan Alexander leaves and then it's like all of a sudden, oh, we're gonna pick Devin White. I'm like, no. You know? There there's all these options that are still on the table and, you know, that's what I think the Bucks are going to try to do. Like most teams, I mean, you want to keep as many options open as as possible once you go into the draft because, like you said, you just never know what's going to happen, whether it be quarterbacks, you know, going in the top five or vice versa, or if you get a phone call and, you know, some team's offering you a second and a third and maybe a future first rounder, I mean, those, that's hard to turn down. So uh, I just I find it, I find it funny. <laughs> The way the way I usually see it, um, and I think a lot of people have this mindset is unless unless you need a quarterback, um, you should keep all your options open. You mm. know, yeah, that's that's kind of what I think. Unless you need, uh, you know, a, a franchise type of quarterback, then keep your options open. You know, because look at the situation where the Buccaneers picked the best player available in OJ Howard. He's one of the fan favorites, and he's one of the better players on this team. And we didn't even need him at the time, right. you know, technically. So now that we have him, he's one of the better tight ends in the league, one of the better offensive players. You can see a similar situation except on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, taking the best player available, um, you know, and, and it'll work out well for us in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree with that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, – it's just a fun time of year. I mean, uh, just interacting with um, fans and, you know, just getting different types of opinions. And, you know, really it's – we all have one goal, and that's that's to see this team win. I mean, that's that's the main uh, objective. And um, I, that's also what I wanted to talk about is the uh, comp picks for next year. I mean, it seems like that is just a huge topic um which it hasn't been in the past and now all of a sudden since we lost two guys it's like oh we need to get those comp you know comp picks for next year i'm like 
you know, is the 2019 season already over? Is that is that what we're saying? You know, that's my thoughts. Um, yeah, it it is. I do think it is funny that uh, uh, Bucks fans haven't experienced the uh, you know the idea of comps in such a long time. You know? mm-hmm. So it is it is pretty funny. And I don't know if I would look at it as saying like we need these conflicts because you know we're gonna we're gonna need them because our our 2019 2020 season isn't gonna be good. I think I think it's more of a, an idea of you know just have as many draft picks as you can get, right? You know, but it's it is it is kind of funny because you have two mindsets in the fan base. You have the people who want the comp picks mm-hmm. and you know you know, want to have smart signs, and then you have the people saying, sign all these big-name free agents. If yeah. you go <laughs> sign all these big-name free agents, those cancel out your context. That's how that works. Um, so, because you sign them to a, uh, a similar type of contract for the player that you want. So, it, it, it is funny, you know. It is something that's been dividing people as of late. Um, if we have the context, that's fun. That is perfectly good with me. If we don't have the comp fix, well, nothing's really changed from the years past. Um, so I wouldn't see it so big of a deal if we don't have those comp picks. But it would be nice to have them. I would say that. Yeah, I mean, it's like, uh, you know, people getting upset over the punter signing. I'm like, come on, guys. I mean, we need a punter, <laughs> obviously. And, uh, you know, oh, yeah. you, you, you save some money on top of it. You get a younger guy in there guy with a big leg that can, you know, make a difference in special teams. And I, I really feel like, you know, this coaching staff is really taking uh, importance to special teams because, you know, it, it does matter. I mean, it changes games. So that's refreshing to me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, people today seeing the contract and they're just like, uh, you know, and I think it's fine. I mean, the guy is a good, uh, good punter and, you need someone like that with flexibility that can do kickoffs, and now you have your field goal kicker who can, you know, just focus on making kicks. I think that's I, yeah. I I do want to point something out about Bradley Kenyon, um, because he he's getting very similar money to what Brian Anger had. He's making two point seven five million dollars a year. Right, so like you said, he, he's around five, maybe six years younger than Brian Anger. Mm. He has very similar numbers to what Brian Anger had put up. Uh, throughout both their respective careers up to this point. And uh, the guy's great at kickoffs. You know, Kyro Santos can't do kickoffs. Uh, Brian Anger had, I believe he had struggled with kickoffs at times. So it was just a situation where, you know, it's time for a change. we got to get a younger, stronger leg in here who can actually, you know, be kind of upright special teams to a certain degree, you know. And I think this could lead to not just, Obviously, the Buccaneers have brought back Kyra Santos, but I think they can also bring, afford to bring in another kicker um, who won't have to worry about kickoffs as well. Like I talked about earlier, Matt Bryan, I think that could be a very strong possibility of him coming back and battling Kyra Santos for a uh, starting job here. Yeah, absolutely. I Yeah, I wouldn't mind Matt Bryan coming in here at all. I think, you know, more competition for that, that position I think would be good and, you know, let the the best man win. So, yeah, that would be fun to see. Um, yeah, because we definitely need consistency at that position. It's cost us way too many games um, in the past. So, yeah, I'd be all for that. Um, but with that being said, I mean, did you have anything else before we get into questions? Or 
Um, well, there, uh, a couple of things. Um, you know, uh, Brian Griffith's back, which would be interesting. Payne Barker's back, which I love, love that move because they didn't re- they didn't tender him. He, he agreed to a one-year contract, so no team can give him an offer for bucks to match and whatnot. He agreed to a one-year contract. First off, kudos to Peyton Barber for doing that. That's really cool. Um, and second off is he's making $2 million next year. That's insane value to me. He's right. been the same as Fox season is getting this insane value so far in free agency. And I, I can appreciate it. You know, I've seen people will sign impact players. You know, we, we got to sign these impact players. We don't know what an impact player looks like until they make an impact. Mm-hmm. Nobody thought guys like Adam Humphries and Quan Alexander were going to be impact players. Um, they just happened to be impact players. Nobody thought Cameron Reed would be an impact player. Adam Humphries is anything for them. And what happened? They ended up playing really good for this team for four years, and they ended up getting paid for it. So that that's just to show that regardless of a player's past or what their former perceptions were on maybe their other teams or whatnot, with the right situation and the right coaching staff, you know they could be your impact players just because you signed somebody to a big five-year, eighty million dollar contract does not guarantee that they are ultimately be one of the best players on your team. Um, it really just depends on a, a varying amount of um, situational things such as coaching and the situations around that. You know, and I think that is an important thing to uh, see, especially for this offseason in particular due to our cap Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think like you said, I mean, we don't know, you know, if they're going to make an impact right away. So I, I think, you know, getting guys like that for value, I think that's that's awesome. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's great points there. I, I like Ryan Griffin coming back. I mean, again, that's, that's an easy choice. Um, he knows, you know, this organization. And I think, you know, with Bruce Arians, I think he can even become better. So it'd be nice to actually see him get an opportunity um, – you know, to be that number two guy and, and not, you know, us not having to add a, a third guy into the mix. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be great. And I love Peyton Barber. I think that guy is, he's the real deal. Absolutely. No, I, I, Peyton Barber's a phenomenal back, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peyton Barber's a phenomenal back. He just has to get the ball a little bit more, um, you know, and I do want to see him do some things. I want to see Ronald Jones do some things as well. Um you know, I think the running back room is one that can be good. It just needs to, obviously, like a lot of the things on this team, it just needs to work on development. And I think we have the right coaching staff now to actually get that development, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, I, and that's what I, you know, I try to tell fans, like, that is our biggest offseason move is adding this coaching staff. I mean, it's going to be night and day between what we've had in the past, like, I just, I feel fans are kind of like, they're still in, in, I guess, cutter, cutter mode. Like, they just mm-hmm. don't, they don't understand what we're getting with this staff. I mean, it's going to be so much different. Um, guys are going to be actually put into places where they're comfortable playing. I mean, 
You know, I look at like a Vernon Hargraves and a Noah Spence, guys like that, that will be able to do what they do best. Um, and they'll be able to do it consistently. And that's, that's the fun part, you know, for me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Me too. Yeah. Um, seeing, I mean, seeing players get redemption and, you know, seeing players come out of nowhere is just such a fun thing. Look at what with Carl Nassim yeah. came out of nowhere, you know, and people love that. So just stuff like that is, is really some of the more enjoyable things about certain seasons, you know, and with this current coaching staff, we could see a lot more stuff like that happening because we actually have a very well-rounded and well-respected coaching staff around the league. Um, and I think that this is going to be, you know, bare positive things for this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun. I, I can't wait to, you know, just see training camp and, you know, really get into the preseason and really see how it, it's going to play out. Um, but one more thing before we get into questions, how was, how was golf today? How did you do? Oh, I, the first time playing golf, I played terrible. <laughs> terrible. Uh, you know, golf is, I underestimated it. I underestimated <laughs> golf and, uh, what, how, how much mental fortitude you need to play it. Um, a lot of thought goes into it. So it did not play well. Probably won't be picking it up as a ha- uh, as a ha- uh, habit, so uh-huh. you know. But m- we'll probably play again. <laughs> it's a very tough game. I think it's probably it might be the toughest game out there because it's really just you and the ball, and you know it's all by yourself, and you're really, um, you know, there's a lot of thinking to it, and then you know form and and technique and all that stuff goes into it. Um, yeah, I mean, I recently went to Top Golf, and that's probably my version of golf. You know, um, yeah, a lot easier. You don't really have to look good. You just you just hit the ball and you know hope it goes far. But <laughs> that that's about it. But as far as like playing eighteen holes, man, it's it, it's a grind. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, we only played nine holes today. We did not play 18. Nice. So it's very easy to see that. I don't think I could have handled uh, an 18-hole uh, <laughs> course. But, uh, that would have been a bit much for my for my uh, first go at golf. So thankfully, it was only nine. <laughs> very nice. Uh, well, with that said, let's let's get into questions. This is a fan show, so let's let's see what we got here. Um, I'm going to start off on the, the Twitter side and then maybe we'll get into if you had like Instagram questions as well. So, mm-hmm. all right. All right. So, uh, first question from Walter, uh, do you think the bucks will make a move for an edge rusher in free agency, even if it's just for depth? Additionally, where would you want us to take an edge rusher in the draft? Um, so to answer the first part of that question, do, mm-hmm. do I think the bucket will will make a move for a, for an Ed Rusher free agency? Absolutely. Um, we obviously just saw they were linked to a guy like Marcus Golden. So mm-hmm. you know you would assume that they would continue to go for more Ed Rushers, and I feel that they they could always use some more Ed Rushers. Having depth never hurts. And whenever you do start to get rid of you know certain backup defensive linemen in the case of guys like Mitch Unrein and Curry, among others, um, that could potentially be cut from this team. You do, you do need to build up some more of that depth, so I do see them going out and getting an edge rusher, and um, for the matter of, I believe it was where would I want us to take an edge rusher in the draft? 
that just depends on where the best value will be. You know, right. we can take one at number five, like I said earlier. You know, there's a ton of phenomenal edge rushers that could easily be taken with pick number five. You can get that pressure with in the second round, uh, probably in the third round. I'm not sure if the depth is so good after the third round, but, you know, probably in one of the three rounds you'd look to get an edge rusher. But I think that they'll probably dip their hands into both the draft and free agency. They'd probably end up getting two, maybe three uh, edge rushers for this team. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, you know, yeah, I think they're definitely going to be active in the free agent market to find edge rushers, Um, you know, maybe another veteran or, you know, maybe a guy that's just a little bit younger but really hasn't, you know, tapped into his potential yet. You know, something like that where they can get him for, you know, a reasonable contract. Um, and then you look at the draft, I think, you know, this is the time to attack edge rushers because, you know, this defensive line class is so deep. Uh, yeah, I mean, earlier the better, I would say. Um, obviously, I think it's going to be in consideration right there at number five. Uh, especially if, and now if you trade down, then you have even more options. So yeah, I think the Bucks are in a good spot to add a, a good, you know, solid pass rusher to this team. And like you said, hopefully, you know, it's two or three guys that they can add to, uh, to the roster. Um, but with that said, let's go to the next one. Let's see. Will we ever make a splash or is that out of the question by Nick? Well, <laughs> hey, we did, okay? We signed Bradley Pinion the punter, okay? There's your splash move. Um, it really, depending on what you mean by, like, a, a splash move, can, in, in a way, be an interpretation from one fan to another, you right, know? Right. I've seen a lot of people, I've seen a lot of people love the Dayon uh, Buchanan signing. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be a form of a splash move in some people's eyes. Uh, the Buccaneers don't just have to go into free agency. Obviously, a draft, obviously a high-end draft pick is making the splash move. Uh, trading for a player can be a splash move. So I think, you know, to say, you know, we're going to make a splash move, uh, yes, I think we will. Um, it just might not be in free agency. It could be in a trader, obviously, drafting a player at number five overall is a splash move, you know. So, yeah. Yes, I think we will. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I think it, it also goes back to, you know, like the players we already signed, like a day on Buchanan. Let's say that guy just has an enormous season. I mean, that's that's a splash move because the production outweighs what he's getting, you know, paid via contract. So that's a difference maker. You know, if this guy comes in here and produces like he did back in the day with the with the Cardinals, you know, like 2015, then, you know, you you got something. That's what it's all about. It's about finding those those guys that come out of basically nowhere and they just put up enormous numbers and I think that's that's what we're hoping for. Um but like you said, I mean, there's going to be more splashes to come. I I I completely agree with that one. Uh Right, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh next question from Tommy uh, now that Deshaun is gone, do you see Chris Godwin having a breakout year as our number two guy? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mm-hmm. mean, if, if you want to get super technical, Chris Godwin had his, his breakout year almost in like the second half of his rookie year, in yeah. a way. You know? <laughs> and ever since then, he's just been good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I do think this this I think this means he'll be used more. Um, you know, I, I guess that in a way that's him being broken out as like a full time guy. Um, but I think he'll just continue to be be Chris Godwin, just continue to be good for the team. Um, especially with the absence of Deshaun Jackson and Adam Humphreys, that's going to make a guy like Chris Godwin a whole heck of a lot more valuable. So, yeah, I, I think he'll have a good. I think he'll have a good year. Yeah, I I love Chris Godwin. I think he's. I think this is just the beginning for him. I think he's going to continue to to go up as uh, you know he continues in his career. Um, I love the pick. You know, coming from the draft, I thought he was one of the more underrated receivers. Uh, I just I like his game. I think his speed and uh, his just ability to make tough catches and really hasn't been utilized. I don't think the best way he can be. Um, so I'd like to see him, you know, utilize more in that short passing game where he can, you know, get some more yak yards. I think that is going to going to be something fun to see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, let's see. Next question uh, from Ashley. Do you think the Bucks make a similar trade like last year for JPP? Um, you know, you wouldn't. I wouldn't rule it out. Jason Light he does this sometimes, you know, and mm-hmm. he's not super consistent. But Jason Light does do this where he'll he'll send a mid round pick, a fourth or a third round pick to go out and get a person who's an impact player for the next couple of years. I think back whenever he first got to the team, I believe he traded for Logan Mankins from the Patriots. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, that's right. Yep. He did that, and then a few years later, he traded for Jason Pierre-Paul. We could see another situation. Maybe with a quarterback, um, there's certainly a lot of quarterbacks that apparently have been shopped around. Right. I still don't know if the Patrick Peterson thing is going to happen because I still am under the belief that the Arizona Cardinals draft so to speak, is not the biggest fans of us right now since we kind of stole Bruce Arians from them in a way. <laughs> but um, maybe you go out there and maybe get a guy like Trey Wind or Xavier Roach from the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. Getting a guy like Xavier Roach specifically, um, probably not as likely to happen as, say, getting Trey Wayne from the Vikings. But either one of those guys, I feel, would be really useful for this team, specifically Rhodes. Um you know, you never know. You never know. Jason Light's very um, very close to the vest with stuff like that in terms of trades. It definitely surprises you when mm-hmm. stuff like that happens. So um, I've seen talks or, uh, you know, I've seen reports of a lot of players being shopped around. This is always this time of year when players get shopped around. So you never know. We, we could see something like that happen. Um I think it all depends on how a couple more of these free agent signings go and how the Buccaneers feel about the draft and everything else. Because, um, you know, they didn't really, I believe, the understand, you know, just from based on what we saw last year, uh, they didn't draft any edge rushers, so they wanted to address that. So they went out and they traded for a dense rusher, you know. So mm-hmm. maybe they do, do a similar thing with cornerback. Yeah, I mean, those are great points. You know, personally, I feel like if they're going to make some type of trade, I think it's going to be you know, for some more draft capital. Uh, personally, I could see, you know, a Cameron Brait, you know, being shopped, um, you know, maybe even a Gerald McCoy. I know that, you know, fans are wanting him to stay, but, you know, $13 million, um, you know, and if you can trade him and get some capital back, or maybe you trade him for, let's say, a Patrick Peterson or, you know, something along those lines, because you're going to have to move some type of salary to, 
you know, get one of those those kind of players back. So, you know, that would be I would probably lean more towards the Cameron Brait if they're going to trade someone just because, you know, Bruce Arians is not really big on using his tight ends. And now, of course, he's got O.J. Howard, who is, you know, can do it all. So maybe the need for Brait is really not there. Um, but that's just that's just speculation by me. That's not anything I've heard or anything like that. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I think, you know, Jason Light, like you said, I mean, he's always looking, you know, for those those good deals as far as making trades. So it'll be something fun to watch. Right, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, he's sneaky, that Jason Light. He's always doing stuff, you know. <laughs> Whether it's reported or not, he's always doing stuff. Yeah. Hey, man, I, I love Jason Light because, I mean, he follows me on Twitter. Um, I send him messages. Now, of course, he doesn't respond, but, um, you know, I know he sees them. You know, I know he sees mm-hmm. them out there, and, you know, I just – it's a lot of it's just encouragement, you know, because – Uh, He is our GM, you know, that's it. You know, I know a lot of people wanted him gone, you know, after this last year. And, you know, some fans are like wondering why he still has a job. But, you know, I I, I like the guy. I think he knows what he's doing. And, um, you know, I'm just I'm excited to see what he can do really now with a a coaching staff that has his back and uh, really all on the same page. Um, But with that said, let's move to the next question. Um, let's see, Tommy, once again, from, let's see, Perriman already said he can't wait to practice with Jameis. Do you think they build that chemistry that Deshaun and Winston couldn't? Well, you'd love to hope so. <laughs> <laughs> love to hope so, because if, if it's another situation where another deep threat, deep threat receiver isn't building chemistry with Jameis Winston, well, then you start to, you know, then then you then you really start to ask questions about what's going on. Um, I think they they do have, yeah, obviously I do think that they will work on their chemistry a lot. Um, I I hope that Rashad Perriman has a different mindset in this situation than Deshaun Jackson did. Um, and I I think they'll be fine, all things considered. Um, the obviously they're gonna have to work a lot this offseason since they've never played together before. Um, that, you know that happens all the time. But I'm optimistic about it. Yeah, me too. I, you know, and I, I like a guy. You know, bringing a guy in like Perriman just because, you know, it's it's good to have guys like that that have something to prove. You know, you know, he's got a high first round status. Um, really hasn't panned out yet. Kind of started turning things around with Cleveland, and you just feel like he's on the cusp of really you know, becoming what he was supposed to be um, coming out of that draft in 2015. Uh, I do know that him and Jameis already have kind of a connection because they went through the draft process together. Uh, so that's good. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about, you know, seeing what they can do uh, with that combination. Uh, let's see. Next question uh, from Anthony. Uh, hey, guys, if nobody is signed for the starting right guard position, do you feel as though they will draft Jonah Williams first round or wait for Chris Lindstrom in the second round? I would draft D-line linebacker first and Lindstrom second round. Um, You know, I, I, I don't think they're going offensive line in the first round. Um, right. the, the reason for that, especially at right guard, is uh, Jason White, 
I think it's very clear that Jason Light wanted to draft a guy like Alex Kappa, mm-hmm. and Dirk Cutts did not want a guy like Alex Kappa because yeah. they did not play Alex Kappa a whole lot last year. And granted, their point when Alex Kappa wasn't in the games and had some time, he didn't look very good. Uh-huh. But I would still value getting your third-round draft picks rookie uh, some experience at right guard over what Caleb Benenoff was doing because you know, that wasn't very good either. So I I think that they will look to Alex Kappa first and really see what he can do, um, which I feel will possibly even push any type of offensive guard being drafted possibly down to third or fourth round, maybe even lower than that, mm-hmm. uh, because they they are going to give the current guys that are there a shot, especially the guys that Jason Light has drafted, who he feels can be productive guys for this team. And, uh, you know, he said it about Ronald Jones, and I assume he feels that way about a lot of the people he's drafted, is he's not ready to give up on some of the guys who have had down years for this team. Mm-hmm. Um, Ronald Jones specifically, so you would think that he would think that way about a lot of his draft picks. So I think Alex Kapp is going to get that first shot at right guard. Um, maybe they'll sign a veteran right guard here in the coming days. Maybe they'll draft a, another right guard uh, in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, something along those lines. But I, I wouldn't see them going rounds one or two uh, for any form of guard now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think, you know, that's what I've – you know, talked about on this podcast in the past is just the overall disconnect that there was between the front office and coaching staff. And I think now with this new staff and and the front office, I think there's going to be more of a cohesive, um, you know, thought process, which is good. And maybe this coaching staff has looked at these guys that Jason Light has drafted and they're like, oh, okay, I can work with that. You know, I can make these guys better. And, um, you know, that's that's the positive. That's what I see. And, um, you know, I agree with you. I think, I think if there's a guy like Chris Lindstrom in the second round, I would absolutely take him because I think he's he's just a beast. I think he's an, uh, a hell of a player. Um, if we trade down, you know, let's say in the first round and a Jonah Williams is sitting there and maybe there's not a, you know, elite defensive prospect um, that they like, then I, I could see Jonah Williams being taken, and then you can put him pretty much anywhere across the line. So, um, but wow. yeah, yeah. You were going to say something? Oh, um, no, I wasn't. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we got two more questions. Um, this one from Chris uh, What's your thoughts on Bucks making special teams, well, special again? This new staff has placed importance on special teams, winning games, whereas last staff, well, you know. <laughs> um, it's good. It's always a positive thing. Um, I'm much, I'm a big, big supporter of special teams. Mm-hmm. I love special. Um, you know, it's one of my favorite uh, out of the three. It's, it might, you know, it's one of my favorite parts of the game is special teams. So. I like it. I think it's a really cool thing that they're doing. Uh, it's obviously very important because we've seen the type of momentum killers that miss field goals and bad punts and punt returns being returned for touchdowns and kick right. returns being returned for touchdowns can be uh, against this team in particular, the Buccaneers. Um, you know, we've been going through it so much. You know, it's, it's, it's almost like you're being forced to focus on special teams in a way. So I like it a lot. Um, we have a phenomenal special teams staff 
in place right now. So I think that they're going to do a really good job. Um, and I think that it will be important to the success of this team 100%. So I'm, I'm loving it so far. Yeah, I agree. I think it's it's huge because, especially in today's game, if you can change the the field position, I think it's very important, especially with just how teams can pass the football now. And uh, I think it's it's really good. I mean, the farther you can make a team go, I mean, that, that increases your chances. Um, but, yeah, that's good. And let's see. Finally, from Douglas Sean O'Connor, a.k.a. Rendax, he says, uh, where do you come down on the Bucks needing another running back? If yes, where? Free agency draft or UDFA? I guess that's undrafted free agent. Um, mm-hmm. If draft, who and what round? So, in terms of the Bucks running back situation right now, I feel you could afford to add another running back. There's mm-hmm. a lot of um, there's a lot of question marks, obviously. On, the Peyton Barber, we know he's good. Mm-hmm. Paul Jones is basically just a rookie again because yet again, Dirk Cutter did not use him last year. Right. Um, and any possible did not give him a role in any regard. Andre Ellington, I do think he is going to find, provide some form of value, um, but he's also a question mark considering he hasn't played football in a very good amount of time. Uh, and you have a couple of question marks in terms of your running back depth specifically, um, so I feel you could afford to add another running back or two. Um, speaking on free agency, I think I think you go into a little bit of all three. Um, obviously, you know, it's not going to be a situation where you're keeping like six running backs on your roster, but maybe you have an undrafted free agent on your practice squad, um, and you just give them a look, you know, in training camp and preseason or whatnot. In terms of free agency, uh, two guys that I absolutely love, are T.J. Yeldon and Spencer Ware. I think those two would be phenomenal additions to this running back room. They're very well-balanced running backs that I think uh, could, could do wonders for the depth of this running back room. And then in the draft, uh, one guy I'm in love with as well is Miles Sanders, the running back, who is projected to go mid-rounds, maybe third uh, third round. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, a, he's another running back that I just – and absolutely enamored with. You know, those three guys are three of my top running backs uh, that I want the Buccaneers to add this offseason. Um, you know, so maybe getting a couple of those guys um, could be a situation, you know, maybe get a free agent and then maybe an undrafted free agent or two. Or maybe draft a running back and then get an undrafted free agent or two. You know, mm-hmm. it just kind of depends. Um, but those are three of the running backs that I would love to have on this team. Yeah, those are great choices. Uh, I'm becoming more of a fan of Miles Sanders uh, recently just after watching more film. Uh, as far as the free agent guys, I mean, Yeldon is, I mean, he can catch the ball, he can run it. Um, same thing with Spencer Ware. So I like their, you know, versatility. Uh, they can bring a lot of different things. Um, personally, if it's me, if I'm looking at the draft, I love, and I, <laughs> I love this guy, Devin Singletary out of Florida Atlantic. I think... That guy, I mean, not overly fast, but man, he's just he's got everything. And I just love his his desire and motor. I mean, they call him motor singletary, so I just like his ability. I think he's kind of uh maybe not as explosive as a Tariq Cohen, but he just has that that something. It's just it's there and it makes him special. So 
I would love to see that guy, you know, in, on day three, maybe in the fourth or fifth round. Uh, I just, I like guys like that, you know, just adds that spark to your offense. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've just been one of the, one of the big points I saw for this free agency pool is there is still some awesome running back depth out there. Mm-hmm. Still, you know, even with all these signs that have been happening, you know, you don't have to go out and get a guy like a Tevin Colvin or a Le'Veon Bell to have a decent running back depth. You know, um, you can. You, there's still some phenomenal running backs out there that I think would be wonderful depth for any team. Uh, you know, so I think going out there and exploring some of those options would be huge. And also in the draft, you know, there's great running backs everywhere. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I feel the Buccaneers would do good to add a, a couple of them to yeah. any meet. You know, right. Yeah, uh, and with that said, I think uh, that's going to do it for the Twitter questions. Uh, do you have anything else on uh, Instagram? or? I do. I have one one Instagram question, I believe. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Okay. It is one or two. So the first question is this, and it comes from uh, Buck Station. With homegrown talent, Adam Humphreys and Quan. Alexander walking in free agency because of lack of cap space. Are you at all concerned about other young guys and their upcoming contract negotiations? Guys such as Chris Godwin, OJ Howard, Justin Evans, Peyton Barber, and Vernon Hargrave the third. Mm, that's a great question. I, I think, you know, I look at it this way. You know, the Bucks are gonna they're gonna keep. You know, whoever they want to keep as as long as it's, you know, within their means. And, you know, if they want to keep, um, you know, like you said, all those guys, I mean, they're going to find a way to make it happen. I think they tried to make it happen with Quan Alexander and um, Adam Humphreys, but the market was just ridiculous. It was, it was unfortunate because those two guys were in the top half of – you know, where they were as far as free agents. Um, And those positions, there wasn't really a lot of quality. So teams were willing to overpay to get those guys. I mean, Quan at 13.5, I mean, that's just a little too much. I mean, I know the Bucks offered him probably 10, but I mean, it's, it's hard to, you know, match that kind of money. And then the same thing with Adam Humphreys, you know, being a fourth option on this team. And having the ability to go to a Tennessee Titans team where he can be more of the focal point, uh, you know, that's that's good for them. I mean, they can go on and, and get that money. Uh, but as far as the, those guys you mentioned, I think they'll find ways to, to make that happen. Again, it, it all depends on production and, you know, what they're doing. But, yeah, I mean, if, if the team wants you, they're going to find a way to get you on there. One thing that I think is – positive in a way is um you know we, we've talked about how disappointing it is that Quan alexander and adam Humphreys just left and got these insanely huge contracts flying being one of the highest paid middle linebackers in nfl history right adam Humphreys nine million dollars a year and now that starts to bring up questions of well what about all these other young players you know obviously it's a business and you know money restraints is a thing so we can't keep everyone mm-hmm. but i do think that that's a positive thing because that means that 
you're you're doing a good job of building your team. Right. You know, mm-hmm. if the other league values your players this much, which happen, has not happened to the Bucks in a long time, keep that one in mind. Um, I think that that's a good thing. Cause that means that your GM's doing a good job of building up his team. Right. Um, and obviously, you can't keep everybody, but it's all about who you replace those those ones that are leaving with. So. I, I, I suppose I would be slightly worried about upcoming contract negotiations with the younger players. They're going to command a lot of money, as they should. Um, but at the same time, I, if Jason Light continues to be our general manager, I do trust him to find the, the replacement um, for those players like he has done in the past. So mm-hmm. um, I am worried about it, but I also do trust what our team is doing. Yeah, for sure, and that's why I'm a big component of, or a big fan, I should say, of Jason Light, because I feel like he's doing what he's supposed to do, and that, and, you know, he does a good job of keeping one eye on the present, and then also an eye on three years down the road, so, you know, you look at the selection of Avita Vea, you know, that was because, you know, Jerome McCoy's getting up there in age, uh, and he's probably, this This probably will be his last season with the Bucks. Um, you know, that, you know, same thing with a JPP, you know, this might be their last seasons here with Tampa Bay. So, you know, it's, uh, like you said, I, I, I just feel like they're doing a good job building this team. And if other teams want your players, then that's a, that's a great sign. You know, that means we're doing the right things and that's important. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got one more question here for, for the Instagram questions and it's from Bucks Tracker and he says uh, what players available right now should we get so <laughs> everyone <laughs> well yeah uh, yeah, man, you know, yeah everyone basically. but uh, you know I, I, I'm a big supporter of depth mm-hmm. so I, I, still, I just want the Buccaneers to keep doing what they're doing yeah. You know, yeah. Make some make some depth signings, make some smart signings. If I had to pick some players in particular, um and I, I have talked about this before, uh my kind of wish list right now is corner former Green Bay Packers cornerback for Shad Breeden. Mm-hmm. I think that he could be a very valuable cornerback. Um wide receiver JJ Nelson. I think that he would just be another good wide receiver to add to the team. Mm-hmm. Marcus Golden was on my list, he got off. Kyle Matthews was on my list. He's off, and then also a guy like Spencer Ware, TJ Yeldon. Um, yeah. Just keep on building up your core, you know, because there have been situations in the past where Buccaneers have had injuries, and they're they just don't have a solution, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think the more you build up that depth with smart signings and whatnot, the better off you're going to be. Um, that's kind of what I what I want to see happen. I did see the Buccaneers are interested in, in uh, Isaiah Crowell. Crowell, who was just recently released by the by New York Jets. But maybe I'm a little bit interested in him. We'll see. Um, but I, I'm really a big supporter of building up depth. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's. I mean, we talked about it in the beginning of the show. I mean, it's it's about finding, you know, good value uh, guys that can contribute and be solid football players for your team. You know, guys that you can depend on. Uh, I think that's very important. So. Yeah, I mean, I look at the corner class, you know, like a Brashad Breeland, maybe a Moses Claiborne, really just wait and see what that market's going to be like and really see if you can get, you know, a really good deal uh, for both, you know, the team and the player. And 
Um, you know, same thing with the safety group and, you know, maybe add a couple of veterans to that secondary. That'd be nice to see. Uh, one guy that I, I particularly like is, uh, John Miller, uh, the right guard from Buffalo. I would like to see him, you know, maybe be brought in. I think he's a decent starter, still young. Um, yeah, you know, so you, you try to find guys like that, that have some upside or maybe can just bring some veteran presence that can be, you know, like I said, dependable. You know, that's what it's about. Right, absolutely. Yeah. I actually agree with that. Yeah, man. Well, I don't I don't have anything else. Uh, did you have any other thoughts that you want to talk about or Um you know you just gotta keep on going with the flow. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I, I I do understand it is frustrating and disappointing that we aren't going out and signing these big name free agents. Bottom line is, is that, you know, that chance might have not been well with doing that in particular. Right. Um, in, in a large way. Uh, what Jason Life has been successful in doing is, one, making trades, mm-hmm. and two, drafting. Yeah. Where Jason Life has success is, you know, um, in signing in signing undervalued or getting getting cheap underrated signings that end up working out really well, be it in the form of undrafted free agents or be it in the form of um, waiver claim pickups. Right. You know, that's where Jason might excel. So I think that he's he's doing he's finally starting to do things his own way, start, starting to go at his own pace, not playing these really big name guys. I think he's learned from his mistakes. Um, and I think this is an off season that would you know we could potentially look back on and say, wow, a lot of these guys have made this awesome impact, and, and based on their contracts, we would have had no idea. Like I said at the beginning of the show, uh, you, you don't know who your impact players are until they make an impact. Mm-hmm. So with a lot of these guys, you just have to be patient, let them do their thing, let the coaching staff do their thing, and it, it could pay dividends, you know, Um and the Buccaneers could be in a very awesome situation. So you just have to be patient, you know. And, and it's, it's rough because we have to be patient all the way till this, uh, till September. <laughs> but it's what we have to do. Yeah, no, uh, spot on, James. Uh, I completely agree. Um, again, I thank you for uh, coming on tonight and, and, you know, talking some Bucks football. Uh, before I let you go, um, you know, just talk about, you know, where you're you know, fans can find you. Talk a little bit about your uh, your YouTube uh, channel, uh, all the great work that you do on there. Absolutely. So um, you can follow me on Twitter, at MrBucksNation. I also do a YouTube channel of the same name, MrBucksNation. So on there, I've been making YouTube videos for a couple of years now, talking about the team, covering all the types of news bits that have happened, all player signing, uh, releases, game uh, reviews, everything along those lines. Uh, is what I do on the YouTube channel. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, definitely talking about this team for the past couple of years. Um, and I, I continue to do it for the foreseeable future. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, man, that's awesome. I've been following the channel, and I, I see, like, a new video every day. I'm like, man, this guy's putting in the work, and it's uh, it's uh, it's nice to see, um, you know, just updates on every transaction pretty much. So, uh, very fun channel. I recommend it to all Bucks fans. Um, but with that being said, again, thank you so much for uh, joining me tonight. It's always fun talking with you, and we'll definitely be in touch um, as we go forward towards the season. 
Of course, and thank, thank you again for having me, Michael. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. Well, you have a great night, and uh, we'll talk again uh, very soon. Thank you. Have a great night. All right, you too, man. Take care. Thank you. See you. And there you have it. That was uh, James Hill from Bucks Nation. Uh, always a great guest, and uh, it's always a fun time to have him on. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it was a fun episode. We got a lot of questions answered, which was the main goal of this one. Um, as far as future episodes, I think we're going to be back sometime next week. I think my co-host, Mark Ramirez, will be back from his vacation. Um, and we'll just keep it rolling. Again, we got a lot of things in store. We'll get closer uh, to draft talk and really just hammer that out and, you know, anything free agency wise. Um, but yeah, uh, with that being said, uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at real bucks talk, follow us on Instagram at real bucks talk. Um, same thing. You can find this podcast on iTunes and Podbean and Google play, uh, be sure to give reviews and ratings. We always appreciate that. Any comments? Uh, but yeah, man, uh, let's get it rolling. And with that, everybody have a great night. And get the new, there we go. Go Bucks, everybody.